Welcome to Bethel Cleveland's Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy today's message. For more information on this podcast and other resources, please go to BethelCleveland.com. Excellent. I brought, uh, oh, I'm going to take up an offering. We have another offering uh, for Africa. This is our monthly offering. If you got, you probably saw it on your chair or got it at the door. Love Africa. We jumped in on this about three months ago, a little bit late. We wanted to start in January, but we had to lock some things down. Actually, this week I'm interviewing um, uh, Chloe and Stu from London, who oversee the children, uh, Kenya Children's Pro- uh, Project that we're involved in. Also, tomorrow I've got a board meeting with Hydrating Humanity, our annual meeting, and uh, we're going to talk about Africa. It's here in Cleveland, actually. And we're giving to two major organizations that we have relationship with in Kenya. And so we have a, I was, you know, I was going to show a video, but we'll save that if we can. But this is how you give to Love Africa. And those of you who gave over the past few months, I'd ask you to continue that. We are raising $100,000 this year for Africa. 50000 for the Kenya Children's Project, 50000 for Hydrating Humanity, who has now dug over 800 wells in Africa, which we've been involved in about, I think we've dug around 40 of those. And so we just thank the Lord for that. That provides amazing opportunity for people, temporal-wise, earthly-wise, fresh water, which is great. We preach the gospel of Jesus to them. Many of them have come to the Lord. I've watched the videos of the little kids give their lives to Jesus. You know, they got fresh water now at their school. It's an amazing thing. So over this next minute, if we could keep that up there just for a few minutes, uh, feel free to go to your phone and give or whatever means you can to give to us or send us a check this week. Uh, we take cash back there in the box going out. You just mark it on your envelope special so we don't use it as your tithe, all right? So let's just take one second before I start ministering here and just ask the Lord to touch these ministries in Africa right now. So, Lord, we come, we ask for uh, Kenya Children's Project. Lord, in the, in the Hydrating Humanity, these two amazing ministries that are on the ground ministering to people every day. And Lord, we want to infuse some of the blessing and favor that's in America. We want to pour it out into Africa. Lord, we love them as our brothers and sisters, Lord. And we ask, Lord God, that you will stir hearts Stir hearts among baby boomers, millennials, and whatever that next generation is called, Lord, that's emerging right now. We pray, Lord, each one of them, like an Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, three generations pouring out of not only our abundance, but also out of our lack, Lord, to touch some of the poorest of the poor in the world and lift them up. And we bless them right now. We bless this offering in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. Open your Bibles, if you could, to John 5, John 5, verse 19. And I want to just talk a little bit about the prophetic church. Sorry, I'm running late. Holy Spirit moved during worship. Talk to him about that if you have any issues. Sorry. I was digging out of my archives the other day because I'm talking about a little bit about the beginnings of our church. And I came into some of our advanced technology at the time, which is called a cassette tape. This cassette tape, we don't see many of these anymore, came with a cassette sleeve. Really cool innovation. And ministries could put their names on there so that you know what it's from. And this is a personal prophetic tape from Christian International, Bill Hammond and those guys. As you can see, one, two, three, four of the influencing tapes I have here 
from 1995 and 1996 were from that place. I mean, they are amazing people. We need to bring them up here sometime. Bill Hammond's now, I think, 86 or something like that. He, 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 he is a uh, prophetic rhymer. <laughs> he, he'll prophesy over you and it rhymes. He's like an old spiritual rapper, you know. He's just got it down. It's, and, it, you know, you're the man with the plan who goes through the land. I mean, it just kind of drives it. He's not even thinking about it. It's flow. It's like a gusher. And he prophesies with great enthusiasm. You need an umbrella when he prophesies. It's powerful, man. Very anti-COVID, I think. But it really, it really moves in power as he speaks. So they were very influential. When I was set up in Canada... And kind of enjoying myself, uh, we, we had eight difficult years in Canada. You've heard me tell it all the time. I do repeat things. I repeat them because it's how you get it into your spirit is through repetition. And it also helps me to repeat it. So we went to Canada in 86. Lord spoke to me in 83 to go to Canada. It took me three years to get untangled so that I could go. And my wife and I and two of our children at that time moved to Canada. We had two more up in Canada. We were there for eight years. I went there totally on a word from the Lord. Not a word, but a series of words that came in a cluster. Now, I want to talk about this today because there's something powerful about the clusters of the communication of God. That God sometimes will speak to you clearly in a word. You know it's from God, a dream or whatever. But there's also other times where there's almost like an urgency of heaven. And, and it actually, it's biblically proven that when words are given over and over, close together, it's like birth pangs, something's about to be birthed. And so late in, uh, uh, or actually mid-1994, 95, 96, I started getting prophetic indicators. Now, the reason I'm communicating all this, that we are a prophetic church, it's what this is all about for this month or so. We're a prophetic church, and we are shifting the culture to our roots again. That's why I'm interrupting the services on Sunday. That's why we're shifting. Uh, we will be shifting ministry teams more toward prophetic teams. We want to minister to everyone, but we want to know that God's called us as a prophetic church. And I'm describing over the weeks what that really means and what that looks like. So today I want to talk about how that he moves in clusters. When a wave comes, a wave is a mounted up is mounted up water. I don't know if you've ever thought about that, but water is kind of all out there. But all of a sudden, a wave comes in. When a wave comes in, it, there has a force with the water. It's pushing in. And waves of revival, you see that terminology in a lot of the songs we sing and even messages that we preach. We pray for the waves of revival to come, for the move of the Spirit, for the wind to blow. We do that because Jesus, God himself, used the nature, the things we know in nature, the wind, seeds, sowing, Ground, waves, oceans, rivers, fruitfulness, all of it, they looked around, the natural speaks of the spiritual. The natural is really a reflection of heaven. Some of you are going, I can't wait to get to heaven. I'm tired of this earth. Well, the Lord created this earth. And you could argue, hey, it's fallen, but it's been being restored by the power of believers claiming sacred ground all over the world. And because of that, this world will be recreated by the Lord according to Scripture. But I think when it's recreated, it's not going to be much different than what you've seen in the sense that, you know, it's not going to be totally different. This was the dream of God. This is what, when you, when you set God loose for seven days, this is what you come up with. You come up with sea creatures. I watched a little thing last night about this guy who, made, who built a friendship with an octopus. 
I thought, I first saw it, it was on Netflix. I thought, really? And then I read the little article about it and I thought, well, I'm going to watch this, you know. And sure enough, this guy determined that he was going to build a relationship with an octopus. And he went down, he, he dove every day in the water, scuba dive, to, to hang out with the octopus and they made a friendship. It's not a cartoon, it's a true story. And it's amazing, you know, the, the power, the, just the emotion. Cindy and I, when we go to Florida, we try to go a lot. You know, we go down to Florida, we see manatee, we see dolphins, you know, we see all kinds, of, you're right there and we're in a kayak out in a bay, you know, and just the dynamic of it. You know what it does when you're in nature and you appreciate who God is, you, you are prone to worship. You just want to go, Lord, what is that manatee all about? I mean, it's like, it's like a rhinoceros underwater. I mean, he's, it's an ugly thing, you know, and when they come up to the surface, they have gouges all over their back from, uh, from propellers and boats and stuff. You know, I pray for more manatees. Oh, Jesus, heal them, you know. And we've seen dolphins, you know, right there, dolphins coming in. One, last year, we saw a dolphin, mother dolphin, throwing fish to the baby dolphin behind her. You know, I mean, my grandson said, this is like SeaWorld. It is, you know, <laughs> right out in the Boca Ciega Bay, you know. And so you see those things and it, it stirs something. This is why the Lord spoke about nature so much. Why we call for ways, why we call for fruitfulness, because it is the language of heaven and it is the language of earth also. And so when we go to this passage here in John, this has been one of my benchmark passages. Actually, I haven't preached on this for probably a decade but John 5, verse 19 says this, Jesus said, now this is red, red ink in your Bible, if you have a red ink uh, Bible, meaning that Jesus spoke this. I speak to you eternal truth. This is not a temporal truth. It's not just for earth. It's eternal. He said, I speak to you this eternal truth, the Son. Now listen to this. This is a mind blower. Get ready. The Son is unable to do anything from himself or through his own initiative. What? What about it? You're, you're God. You can, this is one of the 100,000 questions that I'm going to have when I get to heaven. I mean, I, I, the Lord's going to have to assign an angel to me just for the first year to answer all the questions. How many of you are in that same place? You've got a lot of questions. You know, th this is a walk of faith that we're in. He's telling Jesus, speaking of himself, Jesus is God in the flesh. It's proven in the scripture. He said it, the Father said it, Holy Spirit's proved it. It's the triune God, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. We believe those creeds, the credo for, you know, 13, 1400 years, all the way back to Christ, uh, 18, 19, 2000 years. So it says that the Son is unable to do anything from himself or through his own initiative. This is a picture that of Jesus depends upon the Father for his work on this realm called earth, do you not think we too would also depend upon the Father? And so in this realm, we can honestly say that I can do nothing from myself or at my own initiative. Turn to the person next to you and just say that. I can do nothing in myself or my own initiative. Just tell someone, confess it. See what it feels like. It's Scripture. It takes the very breath of God in us to do anything. Your breath can go right now. <laughs> and you'd be in the presence of the Lord. From this presence to the heavenly presence. 
So he says, I only do, this is Jesus speaking, it's in red in your Bible, God's son, Jesus, says this, I can only do the works that I see the Father doing. For the Son does the same works as the Father. That's why here in Cleveland, Greater Cleveland, we have to see, sense, feel, and hear what God is doing in this city and align ourselves to that. There's nothing new that I have or anyone else has as a leader in this city. The best thing we can do is get our eyes clear and get our ears clear that we can see and hear what the Spirit is doing in the churches. Seven times in the book of Revelation, one of the most important last book written in the Bible, Revelation, the book of Revelation by John, who was exiled to the island of Patmos. And the seven things he said, uh, the thing he said seven times in the book of Revelation was to him who has ears to hear, let him hear what the Spirit says. What is it? To the churches, right? So he says, do you who have ears, now we all have ears, so he's talking about spiritual ears, not physical ears. Spiritual ears that are able to hear and listen to what God is doing and align yourself because if you can't hear it, you can't do it. If you do it, you may miss it. So you learn to see and hear. Why am I talking about all this? Because it's kind of what I was raised in, the vineyard movement. Wimber's favorite, one of his favorite verses was this verse. I only do that which I see the Father doing. Even when he was praying for someone, he would pray and watch what the Father was doing. I've talked about it in detail. I've seen vineyard, uh, Wimber many, many times over the years. I was one of the leaders in Canada for the Vineyard Movement. I love the Vineyard. They're, they're like, you know, they're, they're soul brothers and sisters to me. I just, I love their, the simplicity and passion for the Lord Jesus Christ and worship, his presence. But Wimber used to say, you know, as he was illustrating how people get healed when, when fellow believers pray for them. He he taught his teams to wait on the Lord and hear his voice and watch what he did and move with what he did. And sometimes you could see physical sensations or with your spiritual eye or understanding, understand what God was doing in someone's life like Jesus at the well with the woman. When she said, where's your husband? She says, I have no husband. He says, you're right, you don't. In fact, you've had five and the one you're living with is not your husband. You know, she eventually went into the city just overwhelmed by it and said, there's a man out there who told me everything about myself. We don't have that record in scripture. Maybe Jesus told her some other stuff. I don't know. But she said everything about my life, he said. And a whole city came to Jesus. I mean, they all came out to where he was in that moment. All because he was able to see and hear what the Father was doing. From the beginning of this church in 1996, we we're celebrating 25 years this fall. I'm building up to it because I, I think it's gonna be a great celebration. And in fact, we're, we're kind of relaunching for the next 25 years. We're gonna look ahead and start thinking, what is the next 25 years gonna look like? This was the first 25. What's the next 25? Well, ahead of time, when I was in Canada, I was enjoying what was happening. We've been in eight hard years, planted a church. I mean, it was like, <laughs> it's like Ohio clay, man. Only there was rock. You ever try to get a shovel in the ground when there's been no rain in Ohio, you know? And it's just, you jump on it, you do everything you can, and it throws you over to the side, you know? And you gotta wait for it to rain to loosen it up a little bit. 
And, and it's, it was like that spiritually where we were. So eight hard years, but in the eighth year, through a variety of circumstances that are well-documented in this church, I went on a, uh, a sabbatical with my family for 10 weeks. Church got rid of me. I said, please go get healed or something. And uh, so I went away on a sabbatical. And uh, on the sabbatical when I was away is when the Holy Spirit broke out in Canada. Fulfillment of a word the Lord had given me in 1983. He said that if I would move to Canada, that I'd be a part of him opening. Literally what I saw was a, was a prison door. I know it sounds, doesn't sound very theological, but a prison door, it was like the Holy Spirit was behind bars. A door would open and the Holy Spirit would be released into Canada. And I thought, okay, so we moved there, of course, thinking, as any prophetic word, that this is going to happen Monday. (laughs) Monday came, it didn't happen. Well, Tuesday, the Lord is delaying for a day. Eight years later, after a year of praying every day, calling upon the Spirit of God, I just had to rework my prayer time after that, thinking, okay, this is one of those long-term things. I think we're going to be here a while. I committed 10 years, so... I hope it's not the day before I leave, you know, in 10 years. Well, by the time eighth year came, we'd resolved in our mind we're going to stay in Canada until it happens. So I thought, if I have to live here the rest of my life, we're going to live here. I'm going to, we're going to break through the 10-year barrier, and we're going to go on. But what happened was the Holy Spirit broke out in Toronto. We went back home to St. John, New Brunswick, went over to Toronto with a group of guys. Six of us went over there, got blasted by the Holy Spirit. And when I say blasted, everything that you can think about that is what happened. I mean, we got blasted. We got turned inside out. Holy Spirit, it wasn't anything anybody did. The, the Father was on the move. The Holy Spirit was moving. Jesus was in it. It, trans, it changed me into another person. That's why I love the move of the Holy Spirit. He's my only chance to be a better me. You know, he knows what it's going to take. So Jesus did it. He only did that which he saw the Father doing. And so I want to speak to you right now in these, in these few minutes that I have. Um, we are special in many different ways as a church. Now, I can say that about any church out there. I go to a lot of churches. I was in one last week in Bradenton, Florida, actually, ministering. A very special church. A good people. I mean, just really, really good, solid people, you know. And I love them dearly. I've, I kind of got to know them. And uh, the pastor's a great guy. We, we just love going there and being a being a part of that, you know. And they have a call. I mean, God's given me prophetic words over that church, and I prophesied them even last Sunday, you know. And so I'm here, I just want to tell you that, that God is doing, his intention is something beyond where we are right now. And it's been prophesied as far back, these are one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Uh, these are the one. there's more than this. These are the nine tapes I pulled up. With Some of these are on my phone, I listened to them. I actually put together a compilation of several uh, prophetic words from the mid-90s that I put on my phone. If I get discouraged, I listen to it. And the fire and power of prophecy can bring you out of a slump. It is the power of someone speaking the destination, the identity of who you are from the Lord. And so uh, I learned a lot in that, in that eighth, and, eighth and ninth, ninth and tenth year in Canada we went wild, man. The church was growing. We, you know, had built a building and it was filling up and beautiful things were happening and I was traveling all over the world. We raised up teams, prophetic teams. We were going all over the world. This little church out of Eastern Canada, about 350 people. We were taking teams to all over the world, all over the world, Australia, everywhere. It was amazing, amazing time, you know. Just the power of God that was moving through normal folks 
just being launched. I remember we went to uh, Newfoundland, way north in Canada, saw the power of God moving among fishermen and oil workers and just, I mean, it was so easy. I spent two years in Canada of some of the easiest ministry of my life because all I did was follow the leading of the Holy Spirit. It's really easy when he's moving powerfully. It's like, hey, he's over here doing this. Let's do that. Let's go there. Let's do that. Oh, now he's over there. Let's go over there. You know, and so the power, you learn kind of to recognize the move and the feel of the Holy Spirit. But here's who we are. We are a people that are called as a transformational church. God's called us to be a church that is different in some ways. And I don't mean different being strange. I mean different in that when we feel and sense the Spirit of God, and we will miss it at times. There's been Sundays, I feel like, I even feel like we missed it today. We missed it. I mean, the Holy Spirit was there, and it was a good touch of God, but I feel there was so much more that could be accomplished, you know, that God could really arrest some people in our hearts and do some amazing things and heal marriages and all those kinds of things. Because we are a transformational church, in 25 years I've witnessed this over and over again, the number one thing we do well by the grace of God is create an atmosphere where people can be touched by the Spirit of God. We do that through worship, the selection of songs, praying, believing God for great things. And we are also, I'm just declaring a few things here off the bat because I'm probably going to run out of time. We're not just individuals. I know in America there's a huge push on individualism. We are rugged individuals. You know, I have a say, you know, and, and that's good. That's great when it comes to nations. When it comes to serving the Lord, we are part of a group. It is absolutely consistent through Scripture. The Lord did deal with one man named Abraham, and we are all sons and daughters of Abraham. But he moves through tribes. He moves through groups of people. He moves in power. He'll influence an individual to be raised up, to raise up a group of people, and then he moves through the group of people. It's always a tribe. Now, I know individually we have a relationship with the Lord, but there is something dynamically different when you come together in a church gathering. Someone came up and told me that just earlier, the difference from watching online and being in person. I said, I, said, I try to tell people all the time, it's, it's great we have online, but it's really powerful in person. There's something dynamic. This is not just a ritual. It is a spear ritual. It is something that we do because it changes us. It transforms us. This atmosphere will change you and you will feel commissioned as a group and it will express individually in your life. We have a personality as a church. Kind of gregarious, uh, sociable. We're, uh, we have an outreach orientation to us in the normal world. COVID, not so much, but after COVID, it's, it's coming back. We, we want to come together. We, we love worship. We love the presence of God. So we have that personality. We, we're just that kind of people. And when I go and speak into groups and churches that I go to, they bring me because of that. They bring me because there's something different. It's an intangible. It's about a people that are devoted to hear the word of the Lord and communicate to other people. It's called the prophetic. So we have a gift. It is prophecy. It is the prophetic. It's actually a little bit more expansive than that. It's the revelatory. We see stuff. We hear stuff. We feel stuff. Any of you feel that? Raise your hand if you feel, see, or hear things when you're... Okay, good. That's a, that's a good majority. I thought I was in the wrong church there for a minute. <laughs> Just joking. It's, it's, we feel stuff. I mean, I, I could tell you so many bizarre stories 
of how the Lord, you know, I was thinking, I, I don't have time to go there, but I would go to, um, you could check it out later, Second Samuel chapter uh, 5, when David had just been anointed king, and he had a few battles, he came up against the Philistines, and he routed the Philistines. In other words, they were defeated. But they came back again for a second hit. And, and I love this about David because the Bible calls him in two places that he was a man after God's own heart. In other words, God really liked that. Kind of like John, the, the beloved in the New Testament. David was like an Old Testament John. The Lord just loved his, his heart to pursue him and to come after him and to pay attention to him. He blew it. He had some wrong moves in his life, but he also had a whole lot of right moves. And in this case, he didn't just go after the Philistines. He inquired of the Lord. Now, there's some things in life you'll find out you do not have to inquire about. I did not have to ask the Lord if I did scrambled eggs or, or over easy this morning. I, there's certain maturity levels where you start to grow and go, I think I can handle this. But if you get to a certain thing that you know has greater implications, you inquire of the Lord. The Holy Spirit reveals Jesus Christ. You call out to the Father, and through the three, the triune God communicates in your heart an understanding what we say in charismatic circles, uh, a, a, a knowledge in your, your knower. Like you just kind of know stuff. And it's, it's an intangible, but yet tangible soul thing like, ooh, God is in this room. I mean, I don't know if you felt it during worship. I felt like a... Uh, 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 kind of a movement in and out you know it's like the Holy Spirit's <laughs> it's, this is not it but it was like this like the Holy Spirit's wondering whether he's welcome or not you know it's this move like that it's one reason I got up is to say you know let's, let's focus here on and call and groan I know that it groans attract God you know and so we groan and, and I could feel the presence of God come into this room I remember a couple years ago my little grandson Moses we are sitting out here uh, on the patio and he was asking me about God. And, and uh, he was, I think, at the time, five years old. And we're sort of just talking about, looking over the pond out there, talking about it. And he says, well, you know, how do you know there's God, Papa? And I said, well, we know it because we believe the Bible. The Bible tells us that. But also, we see it in nature. He says, how do we see it in nature? I said, well, see those trees over there? And I said, the wind was moving a little bit. And I said, you see, can you see the wind? And he said, oh, I can see it moving in the trees. I said, but you're not seeing the wind. You're seeing the effects of it. And I said, in the same way God moves and he touches people and touches nations. And you may not be able to see him physically in the natural. Some people have, but you may not be able to see that. But you know that God is there. And he said, I said, uh, uh, let's, just, uh, let's just ask for the Lord to come. And when I said that, the wind all of a sudden gusted really strong. And he said, uh, he said, Papa, he's very kind of quiet spoken type in this kind of a conversation. And he said, I think I, I heard Jesus. And I said, well, you, you did. He said it was, it was, he was in the wind and he wants to come and dwell in your heart. I mean, this is like high-level understanding for a five-year-old, you know. But when you realize that's really, we walk as children before God. 
We are learning to see and feel the wind. We're learning to see where God is actively moving. This is what will cause you to stand out no matter what you do. It will cause you to be walk in truth outside of these rooms. It will cause you to walk in righteousness because you will see, you'll hear, and you'll understand. I, I talked about a couple weeks ago, one of our guys here in the church, an accountant, was working with a corporation, and he, was so, he got, got up to a place there was no solution for the dilemma, he went and took a nap. And in the nap, the Holy Spirit told him the solution. He went back and they totally turned the thing around. See, I love, that is holy. I, I read in a book recently, uh, Anointed for Business by Ed Silvosa, where they were, he had an architect friend who was called to design a new structure in Fiji. And he could not get it down and he was fretting about it, you know. And he, he went over, he talked to the, the people that were in charge there, and they said, we, not only do we want you to do this, but we want you to do the whole port, basically re-architect-wise, redesign the entire port. He was overwhelmed by it. He was excited about it. He went to the beach. He's walking on the beach. He's frustrated. He's crying out to God. And all of a sudden, the Lord spoke to him, and he began, he began writing in the sand and designing what the harbor in in Fiji, was it Fiji or Tahiti? Tahiti, I think it was. Tahiti would be like. He, he then told the guy, one of his assistants said, please, go get, go get paper quick because the tide's coming in. You know? And he didn't want to wash it out. They came back, and sure enough, he redesigned the whole port of the capital of Fiji all because God gave him something on a beach and he wrote it down. Now, some people hear that and go, that's just, that's just silly. That's just man's ability. You believe that if you want. I believe, because I've seen it happen thousands of times in my life, that God is active in every one of your lives. And at Bethel Cleveland, we believe that. We believe it enough to practice it. So don't think it's weird when we go, I just sense from the Lord. Don't go, oh man, you're weirding me out. If you're gonna come here, you're gonna hear a little bit of that. I'm gonna have more people as I meet them in the streets, you know, I say, well, I, I see things over the Lord. And they go, you see things? Go, yeah, and they go, do you see anything over me? This is the way it always goes. It always goes in the same direction. Or if I say, I heard something about you. You heard, I saw something on you. You saw something on me? What did you see? Nobody's hearing that at Panera right now. Nobody. So when you do it, all of a sudden, now you are standing representing heaven on earth. Now, you don't tell them crazy stuff. You know, I can see you're going to have triplets next week, even though you're not pregnant. You know. <laughs> But you learn to discern. I got to tell you, sometimes I, I see things on people, and I, I'll even tell Cindy or whoever I'm with, I go, something going on over there in that corner, you know, with that guy, you know. And it's not always something that I'm supposed to take care of. It's just something I need to pray. But Lord, whatever they need over there, just give them blessing because I'm not finished with my pizza yet. <laughs> so in 2 Samuel, David who inquires of the Lord, the Lord tells him to go around up on the hill and wait. And he says, when there's a, a, a movement or a rumbling in the mulberry trees, at the top of the mulberry trees, attack the Philistines. I love God's logic. Walk around the city, Jericho, seven days, seven times a day. No, seven days, once, six days, once a day, there we go. Seventh day, seven times a day. Don't say anything the whole time. But on the last day, when you go the seventh time around, blow your trumpet and the walls will come down. Like, where do you find that in warfare manuals? <laughs> Nowhere. I love how God is. 
He says, take your sword out, get in the battle. When it gets difficult, I'll send the hailstones. All right. I mean, we have a part in it, but God is partnering with us. At Bethel Cleveland, we believe that. We believe that this is not just a battle you're fighting, that God is with you. And God, if God is with you, who can be against you? And so when you look at scripture, you see that David goes up there and sure enough, he waits. You imagine the soldiers, hey boss, what are we waiting for? We're waiting for a rumble at the top of the mulberry trees. Okay, just wanna make sure we had a plan. <laughs> Guys, what did he say? Uh, um, it's kind of top secret. Really don't want to share it, but we are going to attack them. Well, when are we going to attack them? Well, he's waiting, right? What's he waiting for? Well, he's see the trees over there. He said, "Yeah." When those trees, when there's a actually in the Hebrew, it literally says, "When there's a marching at the top of the mulberry trees." A marching at the top. What, what does that mean? I don't know, but when it happens, we'll know. You know, it's interesting because it's eerily similar to the day of Pentecost. They waited 10 days. What are they waiting for? Well, Holy Spirit. What's it going to look like? I don't know. But we'll know. I know we'll be endued with power because that's what was prophesied over us. And a whirlwind comes and fire gets on their head. Like, who writes that up in a manual? Like, this is how I want to bring the Holy Spirit down to earth. We're going to have a tornado come and hit the building. There's gonna be a huge fire there and it's gonna come like tongues of fire on every one of their heads and they're gonna speak in languages they do not know and 3,000 people will come to the Lord. That's God's strategy. I mean, that's not in any book anywhere that I know of. And so that is Bethel, Cleveland. And if you're a person looking for a tribe to be a part of and you come in and go, I kind of like that, I like that, this may be the place that you're supposed to be. You know, just recently, I got a great example of this and then I... I got to go up to Middleburg, but uh, in fact, uh, where's, where's Jay? Come on up. Um, just about three months ago, you know, so much stuff I need to, I'll touch on it next week. Three months ago, uh, four months ago, actually, Cindy and I were, were starting to, we'd been looking for a new home. And uh, we've lived in our house, don't shame me here, but we've lived in our house for 25 years. And, uh, and so we're remodeling it now, and we're, uh, we thought, let's, let's get, you know, a house that's, uh, we had ideas and thoughts of what it would look like, what it would be like, and everything. Well, we found it. We found it on uh, February, uh, I think it was the 10th. And so, you know, we had been negotiating. I mean, if you know me at all, I've been in weeks of negotiation. We got in, kind of knew what, you know, it was a, it was a model home. We, I, I got all the furniture thrown in, you know, and... You know, it was, it was an, an amazing course under the price, what they were asking. And, you know, it finally came down to the day. You leave a little $5,000 check, which, which basically confirms the deal. Papers are signed, ready to go. And the next day, the next day, I wake up and the toilet's clogged. Our toilet's never clogged. I've been there 25 years. It's the grandkids. Sorry, Jay. Probably a Lego down there or something. I don't know. So I tried to get it. I couldn't get it unplugged. It's like it, it, it demanded professional help. You know, it was beyond my ability. So I thought, well, whatever, you know. Later on that afternoon, a clock that we've had about 15 years, I love it. It's just a focal point in our house, fell off the wall and, and broke in two. 
on the ground. I thought, that's weird. Toilet clog, clock falls down. Then later on that night, the grandkids were over. And one of the little grandkids, I won't mention who their parents are, (laughs) thought she wanted to contribute to our fireplace with a pillow. Leaned it up against the glass of the fireplace, and all of a sudden we're in there, and we go, I smell something burning. And so somebody said, the pillow's on fire. By the way, pillows do not smell well when they're burning, I got to tell you. We ran in there, and we took the, Cindy opened the door, threw the pillow out in the snow, you know, and we turned the fan on, opened all the, you know, all the smoke all over the house, and I think, what's going on? The toilet's clogged. Clock fell on the floor, and now the pillow caught on fire? I got up the next morning thinking, thank God the day's over. I got on my treadmill. I get on it every morning. I get on my treadmill, and it's broke. It won't run. I call up. They say, oh, yeah, it's, you know, you've had it quite a while now, and it's probably... It's done, you know, I can get you a circuit board. That's going to be about three, $400, you know, for this circuit board on there. But I'm like, never mind, you know. I'm like, what is the deal? What is the deal? And then all of a sudden that afternoon, Cindy got hit with this. Uh, now I know it to be the Holy Spirit, I, and I, I can't explain it totally, but a spirit of dread about this house that we were going to move into. And so long story short, Monday, we went, we, all this negotiation, everything else, the money was given to them. They, God blessed them, gave us the money back, and we got out of the deal. And this morning when I was preparing this, I thought about it, and I thought, what was common about all those things was, was stop. Toilet stopped. Time stopped when the clock fell off. Time stopped when the house caught on fire for my little granddaughter who's two years old, named Madeline. <laughs> Treadmill stopped. And so I told Cindy, I said, Cindy, that was, because we've debated about it since it's four months now. We're still kind of mourning the whole thing. I said, the Holy Spirit stopped us. I said, when does he give us clusters like that? You go, well, why did he just tell you? He was. He speaks a different language. Toilet language, <laughs> clock language. He's, I mean, from heaven, it's like, you know, I want to do that. I don't know why. I don't know this day why, but I trust him enough. He's got something better for us, you know. Let's all stand together if we could. You say, why'd you tell that story? Well, it's one of a bunch of them that happen in our lives where we learn to recognize the Holy Spirit. So here's where we're going. Bethel Cleveland, of these next 20, 25 years, we're going deeper into hearing and seeing the voice and the nature of God through his Holy Spirit. You say, what's it gonna look like? I don't know yet, because we're not there. 25 years from now, I'll almost be 90. Hopefully I'll still be sitting in the front row here somewhere. The old guy in the front row. And Jerry will be next to me. (laughs) So Jerry, wake up (laughs) Jay's children are preaching (laughs) Yeah, I think the one that caught the house on fire Is probably the It's a sign, it's a sign She delivers fire (laughs) 
Yeah, so let me take a minute and pray for you. And Jade's gonna, gonna end us some ministry here. Thank you for being patient as we're trying to pull all this together. But I really wanna get the sense that I wanna celebrate what God's done for 25 years. But I also wanna look ahead. I mean, it's a pivot moment. 25 is a big number, it's silver anniversary. We're going for gold, maybe diamond. I hope so. It could be grandkids and great-grandkids that do that. But we're going for it. We're gonna see a city transformed. Do we do this well? We try to. Do we do that well? We try to. But there's some things that are our currency that are primary in our lives, the presence of Jesus through worship and waiting and prayer. The prophetic and delivering the word of the Lord is primary, primary in our lives. Seeing the transformation of individuals and ultimately the transformation of a city, a state, and even a nation. We want to be involved in that. I want to be on the front row of that. I want to see cities changed by the power of Jesus Christ. That is why we're here. And I encourage you to give to us in this church, to serve here, find, get involved some way. If you're online and you live close by, get here. I mean, the online thing was great for a season, but come on in. You need to be, we've got seats for you right here. You need to be involved in this, the presence of God in this place. You will leave transformed and amazing things are gonna happen out of your life. God bless. Have a great day, Jay. Wow. Amazing. Pastor Steve was speaking, I heard two words. Uh, the words were end game. How many of you in this room today, you're um, coming up with an opportunity or something you've been contending for that is your end game, something that you've been focusing? Can I see those hands all over the room? If you've got an end game thing that you're believing for, something you've been working on for years, maybe it's a financial breakthrough, maybe it's a business, maybe it's something you're acquiring. I just felt that there was a, a great release coming to those people with their hands raised. I felt like the Lord said when Pastor Steve was preaching, he said, there is a movement at the top of the mulberry trees. There's a marching at the top of the mulberry trees that if you lift up your eyes, the season is coming now. What you've been believing for, what you've been contending for, there's a movement that's stirring in the mulberry trees of your life. So if that's you, keep your hands up. If you see someone with a hand raised, would you just stretch out an arm towards them and lift up your face towards heaven. Father God, in the name of Jesus, Holy Spirit, we love you. We love you when you come into the room. We love the sound of your voice. We love what it feels like when you touch hearts. And right now, God, I thank you for the end games that are coming into reality right now. I thank you that the wind of the Spirit is blowing in and out of this room and in the situations and circumstances of all the lives represented here today, God. And that there is movement at the top of the mulberry trees. There's marching at the top of the mulberry trees. And God, you're bringing specific and strategic breakthrough. And I felt the Spirit of God saying, don't you quit. Don't you give up now, not when you're so close. Don't you give up on that dream. Don't you give up on that deal. You press through, you see this through because there's movement at the top of the mulberry trees. The Spirit of God is with you and now's not the time to quit when you're so close. Don't you quit. You press through until you have the breakthrough. So Father, I just pray for renewed strength to press in to the destiny, to press into the end game. Because what we think is end game is just the beginning of where your spirit begins to move. You're standing in this room today. If you don't know Jesus, 
all those feelings you've had today, that's a spirit. That's Jesus. And you're here today, watching online or in the room, because you have an opportunity to know this Jesus outside of just praying a prayer, outside of just going through Sunday to Sunday to Sunday, but to live in an active, engaged, powerful walk with Jesus. And all you have to do is invite him in. So if that's you today, whether you've prayed a prayer before, maybe you're far from God, or maybe you've never invited him into your life, whatever the case may be, that's you. Put your hand over your heart. This is the most important decision that you'll ever make. Father God, I just pray for every heart that is coming home today. Every heart that is inviting you in, I pray that they'd be open. Even now, some of you in the room, if you're recommitting your life, you're thinking, why is this time going to be different? Or, I, you know, I don't, I'm not sure I really believe. There's a lot of doubt and fear. I feel like the Lord is saying, shh. This time is different. He's coming in and he's setting up shop and he's not leaving. So Father, in the name of Jesus, we invite, I invite you into my heart. If you're, if you're praying this, just agree with me. You don't even have to say it out loud. Just say, I, I invite you into my life. Jesus, thank you that when you died on the cross and were resurrected, it paid the price for every single one of my sins, every one of my failures, everything that separated me from you was destroyed at the cross and at the tomb that you were resurrected out of. So Father, I invite you in, and I, and I don't just ask you to come in to save me from something. I'm asking you in so I can surrender something. I'm surrendering my life. I'm surrendering my heart to you. I'm giving up all of those things that I've held on to so tightly. I let it go and release it for something better. In Jesus' name, yeah. So if you prayed that prayer, he's the better. He's the better. I'm going to bless you and pray for you, but I'd just also like to announce that um, we, we did have um, Scott West went home to be with the Lord this past week. His funeral is um, at 3 o'clock, calling hours at 2 at Adam's Funeral Home in Norwalk, Ohio. You can see his obituary online, but he was a, he was a member of the house. He was a beloved man of God, man. Every time I got off that stage for worship, I'd go on uh, Facebook, and he... He posted that line wherever the spirit fell the heaviest. He posted that line. It didn't matter if it was a worship song or if it was a prophetic song that was made up off the fly. He had that moment, and he put it on his page, and it, it was amazing. So if you would just pray with me, um, I'm going to bless you, and then we're going to—well, let's pray for Scott and his family first, though. Father God, thank you for Scott West. Heaven's gained a treasure this past weekend. What an incredible man of God, and he's on the streets of glory right now where he feels no pain and is filled with everlasting joy, close to the heart of Jesus. Father, I pray for blessing and peace over his family in Jesus' name. Thank you that you're close to them right now. So why don't you put your right hand up. Father God, in the name of Jesus, I bless you, Bethel Cleveland. Go out of this place and, and check out that wind blowing at the top of those mulberry trees. Check out that wind marching at the top of those trees because God is bringing breakthrough in your life. I bless you to have renewed faith in the promises of God, renewed belief that God is speaking, and renewed belief that a miracle, that the impossible is about to be released, and the revival is right around the corner. In Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, we've got our prophetic ministry teams here. Do you need a word? Do you need a word from God? They're here. They're ready. They're trained. They have heard from God, and they will give you a specific word.
uh, for what God wants to say to you and pray for you. So come on up, get some prophetic ministry time. Check out the welcome desk if this is your first or second time. We want to connect with you. We want to meet with you. Have a blessed week. Thank you so much for joining us.